bad voice text while driving is actually way more the dangerous. Phrase, yeah. <laughs> but it's the phrasing. <laughs> On way, stopping at Starbucks, going to get a lot of balls from that. <laughs> It's not even like it could potentially be anything else. A lot of all. <laughs> so with that, fuck yes, and welcome after the hype with your host, always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, Boy. is Jonathan Hardesty. Balls. <laughs> Tui Darso. Balls. Uh, and again, Emily Blake is not here this week. Uh, yeah, it's it's very sad. But I think she's on a job that she's she really... She's making money. She's making money, and I don't remember exactly, but I think this was one that she was excited about. So yeah. I'm assuming We're that gonna I'm gonna right. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. And who you just heard is who she asked to be on for her. That's me. Amanda Timson. 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 Yes. I keep wanting to say Timp. I mean, or Thompson or Templeton. I've gotten them all. Temple, that's a lot more letters. Yeah, you'd think, and yet... <laughs> <laughs> so they look at Timson and say... Templeton. Mm-hmm. What they watch the Charlotte's Web or something? I have no idea. I, everyone has name? dyslexia, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm Darso. <laughs> Whatever I do you mean? Dawson, a whole bunch. My name That's is closer. Amanda Timson, which does not seem terribly complicated to no. me, and yet I have gotten every perversion of my name you could possibly hmm. imagine. Bill Smith. <laughs> okay, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> everyone but that one. Have you gotten Michelle Dunn before? <laughs> All right, anything that starts with an A and a T. So like Andrea Thompson, Amy Templeton. I've gotten Michael Dune before. Michael Dune. Michael Dune. That's good. Which is kind of a cool Actually, name. that's like your spy name. Yeah. yeah. A spy name or a romance novelist name. Yeah. Michael, or that. Oh, Michael yeah. Dune. Michael or a spy Dune. who writes romance novels as a cover job. Oh. Yeah. New career. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that very clever joke was, Michelle Dunn is here. Hey! <laughs> a lot of balls. <laughs> the last one we had you for was a um, high school reunion, right? Correct, yes. That's it's right. It's been a while. Yeah. It has been a while. That was, oof, that was... I'm, that was back at our first recording area. Yeah, that was the first one. I'm sorry class. it's taken so long. To oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I haven't seen a movie since, though. <laughs> uh, let's do a quick, where have you been doing? I'll yeah. go first. Go for it. Because where I've been doing was the movie that was last week. Uh, Ocean's 8, guys. Uh, I don't remember. Or I, of course, I don't remember. I wasn't here of what you guys said. And you don't listen to the episodes. So. Yeah, I don't. Because <laughs> usually I'm here. Uh, what an endorsement. But, uh, was it better than Ocean's 1 through 7? I've only seen the first Oceans, Oceans 11. Which uh, Oceans 11? There's two of them. The one or one the, one? The one with Clooney. Uh, and he is very important in Oceans 8. Like, he opens it and he closes it. It's a movie about female empowerment, but it's, just, it's also about George Clooney. And impressing him. Uh, it's, a, it's about yeah. a dick in a box. Uh, it is a woman wronged movie that also uh, stars uh, women obsessed with fashion and jewelry. Uh, and it was directed by a man. So, <laughs> so we've recapped last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's like you were here, actually. <laughs> I don't, I it had, looks like she agreed with our last I week's episode. I had a decent amount of friends say that they were surprised and enjoyed the movie when it was out on, I mean, on my news feed when it was first in theaters. So I, my expectations had been brought up, and they should have stayed down. See, I was I, I felt cheated because yeah. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to it, and because they were like, oh no, there's like a job inside the job. And then we watch the movie. That other job is just them stealing more jewelry. And <laughs> it's about getting revenge on your ex-boyfriend. The yeah, job was so. us, the audience. <laughs> so but, not impressed. But Marie, but Rihanna had more lines than she had in Battleship. 
Yes. She also bar. had a nine ball. <laughs> Don't forget it, because there's always a nine ball. Nine ball! <laughs> but yeah, so I'm looking forward to just talking about this much better female empowerment yes. movie. <laughs> yeah, we went for female empowerment weekend, and only half of them are actually about female empowerment. <laughs> Oops. Uh, I can go next. I... Uh, I don't know how much to say about this thing because it's very, very early on. Um, but they took one of the original screenplays to Alien 3. And if you are all familiar with Alien 3, there was a lot of very good drafts of that movie. And we got one of the eh, versions. <laughs> um, but they took what is widely considered the best screenplay and they're now making it into a comic book. Um, Interesting. And the first issue of it came out and I've kind of leafed through it i'm really i've already read the script because i had to read it in screenwriting class in uh columbia so i know the whole every story. one of the screenwriting classes in columbia yeah. start with all the drafts <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah so if you went to columbia you've not read everyone i didn't it's, so lucky yeah it, it was i took some screenwriting classes this is like it was part of like the doesn't matter it was one of the development yeah. classes nah. like to get into screenwriting okay. but either way so they they've taken it and they've they're not really changing too much like it's still pretty much the same script and the art's really good uh and i think it's a really cool idea to give like the alien fans like one of the one of the lesser out of the franchises movies like here's a different version of it i think it's kind of a cool way to do that i think more movies should do that like we should get hellboy 3 as a comic book like we could do um the amazing spider-man 3 the andrew Garfield one as a comic book like these storylines that were kind of left unfinished i feel like this is a great way to do it and there's enough fans out there to kind of like justify the cost of it so this is the first one that i've ever picked up i know they did it with um judge dread the carl urban one like that one got a comic book sequel oh yeah that was good yeah i read that one so Um, could i get a sequel to super mario brothers movie that i never got I mean, they but that's, at the end. I, I feel like they should. Like, I think like, it's a really good opportunity to do that. I'm the only one that wants that. Oh, no. That's a great film. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Dennis Hopper with a bunch of spiked hair. Like, that's yeah. Taking mud baths. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. It's uh, so 90s. It's not even funny. I love it. <laughs> I, just, I love so the behind funny. the scenes of the movie. I don't love the movie. Yeah. It almost fair. killed I love Pop both. Hoskins. I love both. Either way, I was, uh, if you... If Mario, you have, Mario. <laughs> if, you haven't, uh, if you haven't been to a comic book store recently and you haven't seen that they've done this, I'd recommend picking it up. It's only like five bucks and the first issue is good. Uh, and I'm excited to read the rest. I've added it to my pull list, so I will continue reading it mm-hmm. unless it gets shitty. Uh, which hopefully it won't because I actually liked this draft of the script. So this was my favorite draft of the script, so I'm excited to read it. Um, more so yeah so here's hoping but check it out Hooray. Uh, I'll go next I started watching Big Mouth on Netflix Ooh. Bubble Bath <laughs> Bubble Bath <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really good I, I really enjoyed it I wasn't expecting to laugh as loud as I have and that's a bad thing when I watch this, this shit at like 1, 2 in the morning I gotta stop watching things that are either really funny or really scary because <laughs> if I make any noises that just wakes everybody up a lot of yelps <laughs> yeah but this was more like like, as we were saying off the podcast, uh, blast laughing. I was yeah. laughing a lot with that. Because like, I wasn't, I didn't really read any reviews of this. And I heard you guys talk about it a little bit. And that's about it. I went in pretty blind. And Did you start I'm now blinded. Because of bubble bath? Bubble bath. <laughs> bubble bath. <laughs> it's so nice when you can go into something unspoiled, though. Because it's really hard to do these Especially days. Especially yeah. with, with comedy. Like, yeah. I got to go in as like blind to anything com- comedic as possible. The enjoyment just goes up like thousands of percent. Yeah. What do we guess? 
Uh, so I've been spending a lot of time in my car because I'm in production on a TV show right now. And the one thing that I love about hour-long drives is free podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so one that I'm listening to right now. So with everything going on in the world, uh, it's been interesting to like dive back into like old politics so i'm listening to this one called slow burn oh so good and uh season two is all about the whole bill clinton monica Lewinsky scandal which i feel like kids of our age like 90s kids we all were alive during it but we don't exactly know all the details of it because it we were too young and so to like listen to something that is like portrayed and thought out and the episodes are are like it feels like true crime like it feels like really interesting and uh it's a really good like car podcast so if anybody's really interested in like that era uh i would highly recommend i just remember that period being like what is sex yeah what defines sex oh my god how do you define is yeah how do you define is yeah i remember that and the (laughs) the irony of uh how many blowjobs bill clinton got while on conference calls is just astronomical (laughs) look the man can multitask (laughs) i got a conference call Who's giving me a blowjob? <laughs> I gotta stay awake for this, guys. <laughs> it's really good. It's like really true crime, though. It's really cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. All right. I guess it's me. Uh, it is my favorite time of year in the movie sphere. It is Hallmark Christmas movie time. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Here's the thing. I will defend a rom-com to the death. And the Hallmark ones are problematic. They are mostly white. They are entirely straight. They're all about people who own antique shops and are architects and whatever. It's like Mad Libs um, with the same script, it, oh, though, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Dude, I made, 100%. like... 10 of those movies. Yeah. I will, and it's I will always about to the death. a girl who, you know, has a great career in New York, needs to go home, get back with her ex-boyfriend, and yes, really settle down. Yes, who's to feel emotions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I love about them is, like, there are stakes, but not really. You know, even the jilted lovers usually end up with someone at the end, or they get a promotion or something. So sort of, like, everybody ends up happy, and it's just two hours of like fluff and Christmas lights and somebody dressed as Santa usually. And (laughs) given what a garbage fire this year has been both globally and personally, I need as many twinkle lights and like low stake stories as I can stand right now, especially because the current project that I'm working on is very dark cyberpunk, futuristic noir. Like I just need something opposite that. So people baking gingerbread cookies and falling in love and you know, so I'm just assuming you're working on a cyberpunk video game, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. You don't need to correct anything. I'll just assume you're working just assume on it. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Sweet. <laughs> game looks awesome. <laughs> you're doing a great job hey, with, every, with every aspect of it. But who, who's, who, who's playing Cyber Bill Clinton? <laughs> Robo Bill. Yes. <laughs> Robo Bill that. blowing Bill. Oh, Lord. On a conference call. By a hologram. It's awkward. Would no Robobill just be the like future. the inflatable autopilot from an airplane? Uh, I think we just wrote something spectacular. <laughs> I know, right? Let's talk about that offline. Uh, I think it's time to get started in today's movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so unlike last week, if you're listening, I'm really excited to talk about this movie because I really liked it. Um, just polar opposite from last week. I wasn't expecting to. You know, the, the thing was, and I mentioned this last week, but if you skipped last week, uh, these are the two movies from the past summer that I was very excited to see, but just didn't have time. We had a baby. Mm-hmm. It just was tough. I mean, that'll suck up some time. Exactly. And it's like, I felt bad because they were like the two like female power movies, and I felt bad. In that quotations, those... let's make sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sure. Look, women uh, were in them, all right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I felt bad because like, those are the two I missed. Of course they were. Like, I need to get better about that sort of stuff. But that's on me. So I eventually, like, I wanted to make sure that I got them here to see them. And I thought I was going to walk away going, I really liked Ocean's 8 and Spy Who Dumped Me was okay. And I hated Ocean's 8 and I <laughs> loved Spy Who Dumped Me. So yeah. it worked out really well in one way. <laughs> um but I didn't really look in the numbers. I know it was reviewed okay. I think it made decent amount of money. Yeah, it like it made its money back. It, yeah. Um, yeah, it was like somewhere in the middle on Rotten Tomatoes. And the, yeah. it's funny. I was reading through some reviews last night, and the reviews are really split. Yeah. Some of the reviews are like, "This is terrible. Why would anybody do this? This is awful." And some of them are like, "Look, it's fun. It's kind of a mess, but it, like it's Wh- it's a fun mess." Which I will get into because I have theories on why people don't like this, and I th- me too think I'm right, but we'll see. I don't know. I have a hard I'm time understanding u- why you're not like this. I'm usually wrong, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> as long as you but, know your limitations. Well, yeah. I will, I'll bring I'm up aware. the numbers really fast. This actually oh. was a way cheaper movie than I would have expected. Ooh, I would have guessed 15. No, it's more than that. 20? 40. Oh, wow. Way more than I thought. 50. <laughs> the action's great. So it was yeah. 40 million, and worldwide it made 75 million. So not an amazing take, but... No, but I'm wondering yeah. how it's doing now that it's out. Um, yeah, for they make it. I imagine those. I, I bet it did really well on that, like the two weeks before it hit DVD, and like you yeah. could rent it for twenty bucks. Yeah, I imagine this type of movie that did like, oh, I wanted to see that. I could pay twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. I think, it's also such a like you mm-hmm. want to put it on at home, and you would watch it like three times. Oh, yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a great one. Like, oh, I haven't seen this. Like, you haven't seen this? I'll watch it with you right now. Yeah. Come yeah, with yeah, me yeah, and right. watch this. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before we go any farther, we have to do a breakdown. 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 You sat in the chair. That means you're doing it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Our bear looks like he's drunk, by the way. I like that aesthetic. <laughs> he does look like he's cosplaying as a drunk Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Now I want to get him like an empty beer bottle and tape it like upside down in his palm. That is my party goals. He's <laughs> got like a cigarette hanging yeah. out of his mouth right there. Yeah, but like a, a smoked cigarette. <laughs> like, like it's just ash and filter. <laughs> Right. Yikes. So 30 seconds. Oh, God. For all of the Spider Dump Me. I actually think this one might be a little tough. There's more plot in this than I thought. Yeah, I be. realized that when I was rewatching it last night. I was like, D- I didn't remember a lot of these things happening. There's a, there's a lot of stuff in here. So we'll see how you do. Oh, boy. 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. All right. So Justin Throw is a badass spy and beating people up with a cue ball in a. I don't know, somewhere in Latvia. And then suddenly Kate McKinnon is singing karaoke and it's someone's birthday and then turns out they're dating and Justin throws a spy and they're going to burn his shit. But then he comes back and there's an assassin and then stuff happens. And Justin Thoreau gives Mila Kunis the MacGuffin, the most MacGuffin of all MacGuffins. <laughs> and onward they go to Europe randomly. Um, and that's You're like, out of time. like a quarter of the way uh, through the movie. I, I, I think you made about 15 minutes in. You didn't even mention Trader Joe's though. So I don't know. We haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> There's like a whole Trader Jeffs or Organic Jeffs or whatever. Oh, sorry. I will say this. If you're going to fail, at least fail spectacularly. You did great at that. I mean, (laughs) I embrace the idea of failing big and failing often. So there there you go. go. (laughs) And then some other stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, So really quick, just in case we we jump around more than we usually do, which is always uh, the rest of the movie was essentially just that they... (laughs) Just spy shenanigans throughout Spy Europe. shenanigans. Some very predictable plot twists. And Justin like, wasn't dead. Turns out not dead. Turns out the bad guy. Boom, they're all spies. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and Hassan Minaj shows up for a little while. He's great. Yes, playing an <laughs> asshole. And so well. Go Crimson. Shocker. Very well. <laughs> 
So surprised Hassan Minaj could play a good asshole. I, I have no comment at this time. <laughs> uh, but let's do a hot take around the table. I, I've made it clear that I really liked it, and I think we kind of all do. Was there anybody who didn't like it or didn't like it as much as they thought they would or less than they thought they would? I liked it much more than I thought I would, yeah. actually. Yeah. That's where I was kind of similar. Yeah, similar. I was kind of dreading going into this one because I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a very particular person with comedies. I yeah, it, there's a there's a place where it can miss me and or like I don't know I just I get picky about those maybe like horror is the only one where I'll just watch anything sure comedies I'm like maybe not the trailer will turn me off and this one kind of did and I was kind of half expect like I was expecting like you were going into Ocean's Eight and like oh this is the prestigious one this will be like yeah. really clever and Soderbergh's nice. attached like and then like <laughs> I saw I saw you hating on it on, on Facebook and I was like well maybe I'll wait on that one let me try let's just try the <laughs> No commitment, like the kind of the low cost comedy, and see where that gets me. <laughs> and like, I was laughing my ass off. Yeah. And, like, and Jenny, my wife, who tends to not stay up for these movies as I watch them late, late at night, she stayed up through the whole thing too. Well, it's just kind of like it's kind of what Michelle was saying earlier. It's just fun. Like it's uh, it's not easy to do. Where like, uh, old 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 co-host of the show, Nick, who's on Venture Bros with me now. Uh, he always had the theory that the more fun you have on set, the worse the movie is, and that's oh, interesting. It's I've heard it before, not just him. Like, I feel it's, like Taika kinda... Waititi might disagree with that. Yeah, but like <laughs> every now and then, it's different, and like it, it kind of works. And like this one, I feel like it works. Like mm-hmm. you could tell how well Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon got along. You could just see how their friendship worked, and how it made you feel like you were a part of it. Like they and... were so much fun, you felt like you're having fun with them. And for Mila Kunis to play the straight woman which is not usually her role in comedies like yeah. every other comedy she's done she's the one who's sort of like way out there so for her to play the straight woman to Kate McKinnon's you know sort of like wacky Morgan was also really fun to see well she started that I think with I made a joke about it earlier bad moms like she was mm-hmm. she was the the normal mom there like the one who's just trying to be the good mom <laughs> and it's like I I think she does it really well I think she can play both of those characters really well she can be kind of the crazy person and she can be the the straight one to play off of and she I didn't expect it from her. Like I, I kind of, up until Bad Moms, I kind of forgotten about Mila Kunis. Like, <laughs> how do you ever forget? How could you forget Jupiter ascending, Brian? Easily. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like I, I feel like she's just kind of she just hasn't done a lot of things that are like in my wheelhouse. Like this is not things that I grab. Maybe I'm towards. just a big fan of her because I always just wonder, I wonder what she's doing right now. It's weird that she's married to Ashton Kutcher, but I guess they're meant for each other. I mean, Jackie and Ke- uh, Kelso were just born for it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and honestly, she's more memorable than his stint on The Ranch Everything. on Netflix. Is anyone she's, watching that she season is three? Such coming a better actress. I forgot that was even a thing. <laughs> Making the big dough. I thought that got canceled. No, it's still oh. going. I know somebody that works on it. Wow. I mean, actually, I mean, good for the people dog. working on it. Yeah. <laughs> how, I just don't understand how Netflix renews The Ranch, kicks off Danny Masterson because of sexual shit yeah and cancels american vandal like what are, what are you guys doing over there they really it, i have some theories about that but that's a whole other podcast oh my god i mean i can sum up my theory really quickly there's a wall with all their shows on it they throw a dart oh. that show gets canceled no they have an algorithm that they don't share bullshit that otherwise you wouldn't have canceled sense eight i just don't believe you that show did really well yeah it, it really got did. hit by a dart by sense eight <laughs> Uh, Anyhow, Spy Who Dumped Me. <laughs> well, to go along with Brian's theory or uh, your ex-podcast host theory, sure. uh, I read the IMDb facts about this, and one of the things that the writer-director Susanna Fogel had the whole crew, casting crew do is do a bunch of escape rooms together. That's so fun. And I guess what emerged out of that 
chemistry wise was that Mila Kunis has like a leadership quality where she would take the lead on a lot of this stuff. So I feel like that actually works in her benefit to play the lead, the straight man. Mm -hmm. And like it ends up being, she ends up being the one, even though Kate McKinnon is like really funny and does do a lot of stuff. Mila Kunis actually ends up being the more capable of the two Mm -hmm. as far as like the actual spy things. Like she um, does the switch of the trophies. She puts the thing up her you know, uh, <laughs> anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just kind of interesting that like, uh, putting a bunch of actors in a room for like a chemistry thing, mm-hmm. like she would emerge in that. And I think that mm-hmm. translated onto screen too. Yeah. That, it's a really interesting idea, but it, it clearly paid off. Like it worked. Like, especially like, I, I wonder how much changed in the script after that. Like, like how much changed between like their friendships. Cause like, that was one of the, like, my biggest takeaway from the movie that I, I enjoyed the most out of it is I bought hook, line, sinker, their friendship. Yeah. Yes. Like it was one of those, like I could totally buy Kate McKinnon having trouble having any other friend. Yeah. She's a little much. She's a little much. But, but like as much as you love her, you could totally see just like, yeah, she's a little much. Well, and, and on the, on the same end on her, on the opposite end, Mila Kunis has this like kind of dark, like pessimistic attitude yeah. going in with like no ambition whatsoever, stuck at a job, like trying to find love. But like, you could see why she isn't very social and doesn't have a lot of friends. And like loyalty is really important to her, which is why Kate McKinnon is like her best friend. And that's, you know, and why the plot of the movie is that, like Justin Thoreau dumps her. And so like loyalty is like her biggest kind of like thing that she's looking for. And what I love about this, and I saw an interview with Susanna Fogel where she talks about it, that their friendship doesn't change. Yeah. There's no manufactured drama. Mm-mm. There's no like backstabbing, double crossing. There's they don't no fight over the boy. Yeah. There's no jealousy over Sam Hewn. Like they're just, their relationship is the rock solid foundation of this adventure. And I think if they had tried to add some sort of like twist where they start to not, trust each other the whole thing would have just fallen yeah. apart at the same time. they even cut that off at the past when it's like you trust her yeah i trust you yeah mm-hmm. and that was it and like the conversation the I, car conversation yeah I think. Like, except I, me right yeah well yeah yeah, yeah of course <laughs> obviously and then the movie like honors that the whole yeah. way through yeah. i was like yeah. oh that's perfect well, the, the I, thing that i liked was uh i feel like the only real conflict moment they had like when kate mckinnon got legitimately mad with her was that like you just did awesome things and you're refusing to own it. Will yeah, you just I admit how awesome so you are? I love that scene. <laughs> I liked near the end when it seems like everything is all said and done and they're in the car being brought back to the airport by a pretty boy. I don't remember his name. Uh, Sebastian, I Sebastian. think is his character name. Cologne ad man. Yes. <laughs> he does look like that. He, yeah. ha- uh, he is on the highest rated show on stars right now. Outlander, McKin- yeah. Oh, I don't know who's an Al- He plays Jamie on Outlander. That makes more sense. Uh, Morgan... Kate McKinnon wanted to stay. She's like, we're going to be spies now, right? Like, this this is our new job. We're Even like though she's really the one that's bad. Right. Uh, <laughs> and Mila's just like, no. No. And she just doesn't understand. Like, it's the first moment where, like, there's real, like, disappointment where they're not on the same page, quote unquote. Yeah. And then the level of excitement when Morgan finds out it's in your vagina? You lied to me? This is like the greatest reason for you to ever lie to me. I'm so happy right now. Like, I just loved that sequence. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just charming. And it's just so nice to see female friendship portrayed in a way that is not toxic and bullshit and backstabby and, and not something to be abandoned at the slightest whiff of like a hot man or a European adventure. Like, I just love that they were true to each other in spite of all the everything yeah. else. Yeah, and it's it just the it just felt authentic the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like it was just one of those like it it wasn't just like it 
it could have been manufactured. Like it very easily could have been like, well, we we got two very popular female actors, and we're going to put them in the movie. And well, and that's what they'll happened. be friends because they're women. It's kind of like, right. well, they're dating because they're both gay. It's like, right. well, come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what happened. Is that with, not how that works? Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened with Ocean's Eight. Yeah, they I picked, wasn't going to say it. I don't know. I, don't that movie. I, I think it was I kind of some great lingering that, bitterness towards <laughs> Ocean Eight here. No, it was it was good that we watched both of those together. I can't go down the Ocean's Eight thing because none of them were friends. I was really annoyed at it. <laughs> that's a, like. <laughs> That was what was so shot like sharp contrast when I watched both these. Mm-hmm. It's just the level of friendship. I wasn't ready for it, how good it was and how like Roxelle in this movie that it was versus how it was nothing and manufactured in the other. And what's also interesting in this one is most buddy comedies starring men are like Lethal Weapon, where you've got sure. two guys who would normally just not ever spend any time together, thrust together by you know whatever set of circumstances, and have to learn to kind of like cope with each other and or, like, form a bond. Or two stoners. Or that. Or two stoners. <laughs> that is it. That is the only other trope, isn't it? Yep. Two men who hate each other or two stoners. Yep. Or Jonah um, Hill and Channing Tatum. There's also, there's also successful brother. No, those are still anti-type. <laughs> but there's also successful brother and deadbeat brother sure. and they meet in the middle. Yeah, but that's people who hate each other. Like, yeah. I feel like that's still okay, in that yeah. same, that sort of odd couple <laughs> trope. Uh, but I appreciated that that was not the case here. Yeah. That they went in as friends and that they didn't have that sort of like Felix and Oscar. Like yeah. even though they had different energy certainly, and Mila Kunis was the straight woman, like, they didn't have that um, we hate each other secretly but are forced to work together thing that and I'm it, kind of tired of seeing. It makes me respect the script that much more because, like, when you go back on those easy tropes, and it's not, like, I'm not trying to condemn any movie that's done that because a lot of them do and they can work well. I mean, I love Lethal Weapon. Don't yeah, get me like wrong. The, they, can be, they can be done well, but, like, when you use them, it, it's kind of like a crutch and, like, mm-hmm. not necessarily bad, but it's a little bit easier. And, by doing this, they challenge themselves that much more of like, we're just going to get rid of all of that fake drama stuff and just focus on everything else in the movie. They removed an easy point of conflict yeah. that they could have used to escalate through the story and they chose not to and I think that was yeah. Yeah. brilliant. Going to keep hitting that. That's something that actually, uh, I was on a podcast earlier about female Ghostbusters oh, and that's something that really bothered me Yeah, uh, was that they manufactured this like distasteful like rivalry between Melissa McCarthy and uh, Kristen Wiig and you never knew why and it was just to create some sort of internal conflict in the group but it meant nothing yeah and I think we even said on that episode why can't they just be friends yeah like, it would just work better being friends yeah but sure but yeah. they could have just started there <laughs> yeah, that one's also I know, a little problematic that... yeah. <laughs> you're the one who loved that one I did I also love that one but I, I can love a thing and still look yeah. at it and go yeah, that's, oh, that's kind of where I'm at I could have done better that movie but I also still cried when, during the action sequence so I never yeah. not uh, that <laughs> but more about why I think this one maybe didn't land with people uh, I want to hear your theory first uh, my theory on why this didn't land is that it does have a sort of tonal problem um which was not a problem for me because I could track it, but it starts out as this like hardcore spy movie. And then we've got Kate McKinnon, wacky comedy. And then the points at which those two merge worked for me because it was just, it's, it's zany. And I was on for the ride, but I think a lot of people were like, hold up, is this a, is this a comedy? But then why is the Uber driver dead? And it's really violent, you know? Well, one moment it's a born movie and then the other one, they're being smacked in the face with a a gymnast. Yeah. Which I actually (laughs) loved, but I think, (laughs) I think a lot of people probably went into this expecting it to be more like spy, which was one of my favorite movies in the last few years, Melissa McCarthy's spy. And I think they were expecting that. And so they were expecting the sort of hardcore stuff to be more like Jason Statham was in Mm. that movie. Um, where he was very much the straight yeah. man, where his, the comedy was like how much of the spy he was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people were expecting. But this was sort of like atomic blonde meets spy. And I think 
tonally a lot of people couldn't go back and forth. I loved it over. I, I actually think trying to do the balancing act between the two tones was a really good idea. Me too. Because it made it a little bit different than everything I've seen. Um, the reason I don't think it worked for people, and I, I hope I'm wrong on this one, um, but we kind of mentioned it before when Chewie and I were watching it. I think it's Kate McKinnon. And I oh, love Kate McKinnon. I, I will watch her in anything. Yeah. But my my meter for this is uh, my dad just saw her do stand up live, and it wasn't it was not her audience. It was mm-hmm. just not where Kate McKinnon should be performing. It's her whole bunch of white dudes who work in finance. Ooh. It was like she was brought in for <laughs> like a thing. Yeah. And she's a little much. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's not. Little much. She's but, not afraid of her body at all. No, yeah. but, she uses it in every moment. Yeah, but that's the, and it's so and especially in this role, so comfortable in just being weird. Yeah, you know, it's like either she doesn't know she's weird or she just doesn't care, which I think and, is wonderful. Which yeah, and it was, of, but it was kind of the same like. sort of thing with Holtzman yeah. too. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of a similar character, and if that you don't like that character, mm-hmm. it's gonna turn you off the whole movie yeah i could see that and i, I like, like i said i hope i'm wrong but it's like one of those things where like when two and i are watching I, was like, I wonder what her range is because she always kind of plays a similar ish character and i love that character and i love the volumes that she can do with it where she can play a little bit more subtle like holtzman or way out there like this one mm-hmm. but it's always i think that's flipped but you think so yeah i think At least for me but holtzman but was the quiet I'm... sarcastic i'm gonna say something rude in the back corner the whole time this one she has a microphone on her at all times yeah just... i guess that is true yeah. so it's i a... would i would actually i would love to see kate mckinnon do drama yeah and especially because I... you've actually seen it weirdly in a couple of moments on saturday Night Live. absolutely like yeah. when she sang hallelujah yeah like on saturday Night live i was like oh there's a i think she has more range and she just you know, keeps getting cast in these roles and like, I'm here for it. I love Kate McKinnon. I'll watch well, her be wacky for watch hours. Watch her be but... crazy because Adam Sandler always surprised me in Punch Drunk Love and I don't yeah. know if Kate McKinnon could do that. I, I but I, I, I think, think she that she, I think that she could. I just not sure if she wants to. And at yeah. that yeah. point I'm like, well, more power to you. Do what you like. Yeah, well, do your I, thing, man. And as somebody that works in comedy, I will say that when you are in the Lauren Michaels, like, whole machine yeah. there is something about the branching out that he will not let you do until you are off the show yeah. I mean, so I will oh. say that about a lot of SNL things they like they play the same role in every movie they do while yeah. they're still well yeah. because SNL. Lauren Michaels has I to approve everything they do outside of the show yeah huh. so Yikes. that contract is ironclad it's ironclad Yikes. and he has to relinquish them to do other projects so if he says you're gonna do the spy who dumped me or like she says i want to do this movie he looks and sees is this in line with who you're playing on snl that mm. people will come back to for that makes and, sense. and so until she leaves which uh, you can see a lot of prominent people that have left recently um to do other things like really out of the box things mm-hmm. and that's because they can't do that anymore. They can't live in this approval like machine. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what she does. Yeah, outside but of I it. don't think she'll do it until she leaves SNL. I agree. I, I uh, even it could even be that she doesn't want to do it until she leaves SNL. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who knows? Because I mean, like, the the style of comedy that she has, it, both in this and like her stand up, mm-hmm. it is very much sketch comedy style. Like yeah. and like and it it works. And like, I think it worked really well in this movie, but that doesn't translate to a lot of other ones. So I think until we can get to that point where she's out of this it might still be a problem for her in movies. It might still be like, oh, I don't really like Kate McKinnon's character. Therefore you won't watch I mean, this movie. And that's fine. Like I don't, I'm not an Adam Sandler fan in yeah. general. So at like every movie he did, especially while he was still on SNL, I was like, yeah, I'm out. Like, yeah. And that's fine. They were fine movies. Other people liked them. I'm just like, man, I'm a thing. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I'm starting um, to realize that she's the one that's that thing that brings me to the comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I don't know if I would have watched this without her in it. And now that I did it, like, she was what kind of kept me in in terms of its funny moments, like that weirdness. I mean, I'm, I'm grafting onto that. Like, 
I ca- I'm catching it. There's, I'm picking up what she's yeah. putting down. And there's something about her, like in in general, I am not a fan of those kinds of like wacky physical comedians. I yeah. tend to yeah. find them exhausting over time. They tire me. Yeah. But there's but there's something about her that like I will I will watch her do that for hours. Well, just, and here's my thing with her is that when she has the serious moment, and there's not a lot in this, but she has no, I think she's a two. She nails it. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, oh, that was a weak moment. Like, I guess you got to yeah, give no, her something. No, she did a good job with she it. She also doesn't try to steal the spotlight away from Mila Kunis. Like, mm-hmm. when, yeah. there, when there is a moment where it's the two of them, you she has the funnier lines, mm-hmm. but you also feel like as an actor, she is she is giving Mila Kunis like equal time and you do believe that their friendship is equalized and she's not just the comic relief, mm-hmm. but that they are yeah. equals. And that, that actually like works really well. She's very generous with that. Yeah. yeah. And like that speaks volumes to both like her professionalism and like to, I would say the off camera relationship between the two of them, because mm-hmm. like if they didn't get along, you can't guarantee that they would give each other that respect. Cause Mila Kunis also cools off when yeah. it's time for mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon to exactly, shine. Like they yeah. really nailed that. Well, and mm-hmm. I think the best scene of the two of them is that interrogation where they both have moments to shine comedically yeah. and and to like show that kind of like fear. You know, they have a wide range of acting uh, jobs in that scene alone yeah. where it's like they have fear. They have like, uh, what do we do? What are we going to do? How are we going to get out of this? But then they have the where they throw each other under the bus with all their great secrets. <laughs> um, That's the one moment in the movie when I was wondering if that was being riffed. Like, is this they the one movie that was not written? They apparently, the only scene that is riffed is the um, the one at the very end when they're in Tokyo. Oh. All of the food puns. That was apparently all improv. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kate is a genius. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the rest of it apparently was was scripted. Although I but wonder. Like, Audrey like, has HPV. Morgan has HPV. That's like the most on-point girl friendship, like throw under the bus thing. Like everybody yeah. has HPV. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I liked Morgan. Morgan has lice as an don't. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my favorite was the like was like the you know the Morgan can't come because she's on antidepressants. I can it just takes a while. <laughs> just, it was so good, and I have to say like that whole scene, the the particular like love of that um, that underlaid that whole scene that would never have happened with a male writer. Just no, not yeah. oh ever. never, no. No. no, not ever. And again, I, I know I don't want to keep bringing up Ocean's Eight, but I did promise that I'd bring it up. <laughs> For this exact reason. What's Ocean's uh, 8? Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> do you have opinions on uh, this film? But I mentioned last week that I do need to bring it up in this one. And it's the it's the sheer just comparison of you have male writer, male director trying to do a women's, roomie, uh-huh. women's movie and then female director, female writer. Uh-huh. And it's like just... Yeah, it's funny water. how that works, huh? Yeah, it's so like, funny. Fuck, they so they weird. can make movies. <gasps> well, and that's no one idea. Of the, that does actually spark on something that some of the criticism that this movie got that just drove me insane has to do with the varying standards for female directors and male directors, female writers and male writers. Is I think a lot of people are like, this movie was not a runaway hit. It did not make two hundred and thirty million dollars its opening weekend. Women can't direct and can't be funny. Ugh. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Like, can we talk about literally every other comedy directed and written by men and that how much money they made or didn't make like, all the time? And that's, I hate that standard for women that they get one shot and if they didn't knock it out of the park, then, oh, I'm sorry, they can't yeah. direct. The thing is, is that they went and made a difficult movie to sell. Yeah. Like, it's because they try to stick to both serious spy movie and funny Mm -hmm. that's tough to do any sort of trailer well you know what i actually find (laughs) ironic about that about that critic or like that 
point is that Susanna Fogel's previous movie is called Life Partners. It's also a really complex movie about mm-hmm. female friendship. Oh, so and it, but it's like such a it's such like an indie movie that like nobody would see. Sure. And instead of writing that again or doing a, another twist on that, she's like, mm-hmm. what sells? Oh, action comedy sells. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the bones of that, like what the story I want to tell, which is a complicated female friendship and put it into an actual movie that would be in theaters. Like nobody would go to theaters to see Life Partners, but people yeah. would go to theaters to see something like this. Whether that's, it's still on the brink. Like I do agree with Amanda that like Spy really launched this kind of yeah. um, genre into like, uh, we can actually make these movies and people will go see them. But like, I also think that uh, Susanna Fogel was trying to be like, how do I get a really complex relationship into a movie that people will go see? Well, and yeah. she did what dozens of men have successfully done, which was she directed a small indie. Yeah. She got some attention and then she got big money to make a studio film. And that's, it shouldn't be rare for women to do that, but it still is. Yeah. And I appreciate yeah. that while doing that, she still stayed true to what she loves to explore, which is female friendship. Yeah. Like that's Could, amazing. This would be an easy movie for many studios just to steamroll to hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, cause like, uh, I like Justin Theroux, but he's not like the biggest name out there. Like most of his claims to fame are off camera of like, Writing, his, like social yeah. life. I honestly and, like, yeah. didn't remember who he was. But it, you're he, like he, he plays my Jennifer favorite Aston. Charlie's Angels bad guy. <laughs> see, oh, but right. Other, oh, but he's super see, Irish really, for no yeah. reason. <laughs> super Irish for absolutely no reason, and really whipped like as guy. all hell. Yeah. Uh, I forgot his name right Sam now. Sam Rockwell. No. He's the other villain in the no. first Charlie's Angels movie. No, the the slick back haired dad in Back to the Future. Crispin Glover. Yes, Crispin Glover. Oh, I love Crispin Glover. He's like an ancillary bad yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's Did there. no one watch The Leftovers, though? Because that actually proved that Justin Throw can act. Yeah. Oh, I, I oh Justin Throw can totally oh, act. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's, I just don't think that, like, when you think action man leading star, you're never going to say Justin Throw. Right. Sure. Like, like sure. it's like... And he it, does wear a lot of leather jackets in real life, I just want to say. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, and he hangs surprised. out with the Queer Eye guys. He's like BFF with Jonathan Van Ness, which Again, is amazing. doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I know I'm backtracking a little bit, but I wanted to get to the two things that I was thinking that held this movie back. Well, hold Uh, on. Just while we're still on Justin Theroux, then we'll jump right back to that. But the the thing was, is like when I'm saying studios could steamroll movies or just something like that, it feels weird that they go Justin Theroux for our leading action man. Because I feel like if they'd thrown in somebody else, because you could still kill him in the first Well, they do Jude Law. But even Jude Law is a bigger name. And he's had like the Sherlock movies. Like he's done some action-y things before. Like this, it just—I feel like Justin Theroux was just like a one rung too low to get more people in seats. Interesting. Like, and I think he did a good job. I, I honestly think he was probably the right I mean, person I, for the role. For but me, from a I studio don't even point really of view, know who he is. Yeah, so. that's what I mean. Like from a studio point of view, I feel like they would have gone one tier higher. But from the filmmaking point of view, I think they made it the right choice. Might have been mm. might have been harder yeah. to sell that turn at the end, though. And see, I would yeah. have mm-hmm. I would have actually flopped that criticism for the actual love interest, the Sebastian oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I I don't know what Outlander is. I've never seen him before, and he's like a generic European to me. Yeah. And he yeah. was fine, like he was totally fine. But that would have been the role to put somebody, I think, because he's more in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. But again, like I'm they're fine they're with trying to the men overshining the female. Yeah, leads. and that's yeah. true too. Yeah, and I, I think that's why I think that Justin Theroux was the right choice. Like I think yeah. they made the right call. I'm just trying to think from like a marketing point of view, especially because they were uh, hiding yeah. that the other guy could be a bad guy, and sure. Justin Theroux is the spy who dumped her. Yeah. You make that guy a little bit bigger, and then maybe people show up and go, "Holy shit, he died in the first five minutes!" And it'd be kind of a fun twist. Yeah. I still like. Maybe don't get me wrong. They made I, the right choice. I honestly but. think Sam Hewn was the was the marketing there because Outlander is an 
absolute phenomenon. And the I know a lot fan base like yeah. for that show is amazing. Like, and those Sam, books, people and, love the shit and out of those And Sam books. Hewn has leveraged his participation in Outlander, has leveraged the fan base. Like, he started a whole charity um working with bloodwise uk he's raised millions of Is pounds for blood cancer yeah. yeah he plays jamie fraser um which the, Time I, travel love it's yeah. Is he like the lead though is <laughs> he like the lead okay, yeah okay, he's okay, the yeah. lead and he is um outlander's a, a thing that i enjoy i like the tv series better than i like the books honestly i got out of the books there, at some there's point there's less but sex i would imagine it's not that it's just the books get really dense and yeah. the the screenwriters who are adapting the books to series have cut out a lot of the fat and <laughs> added um added story where it was a little thin in mm-hmm. the book so i prefer the tv adaptation but anyway um it's a that fan base is rabid and enormous. Okay. So I actually think Sam Hewn was sort of the stunt casting a little bit in this to like draw they that didn't, he wasn't fan in base the commercial out. Yeah, but they I didn't remember. advertise him. Yeah. He should have been. If that's the case, I don't know the Outlander fan base, but if that's the case, they he should have been way more prominent in yeah, the advertising. I mean, that's probably true. Yeah. But yeah. I, would say I don't one remember of the, the advertising to, at all. To gauge how well a TV show is doing these days, do they have a hot topic line? I mean, I only saw yes. the movie because Paul Rice. Outlander has a top, hot topic line. <laughs> do they really? They do. That's amazing. I've gotten the market like thing on Facebook. and be like, you want to buy this, right? I will no? say, and like again, this is probably another podcast episode, but Outlander has one of the absolute best female gaze sex scenes I have ever seen in my life. And it is the wedding night between Sam Hewn's character, Jamie, um, and his love interest. And it is like, it is one of the most astounding scenes I've ever seen on television. And it is an absolutely like female gaze, female centric sex scene. Directed by a female? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. a lot of butt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of everything, but they're like, there's a lot of everything, but the two of them are both sort of like unpacking sort of like trauma and stuff while they're going through this. Next week on After the Hype. Right. It's a whole thing, but All anyway. of Outlander. Talk about how much we like butts. We do love butts. Uh, I'm in the right place. There's no butt in this movie, really. No, no. There's no, but there is dick. full frontal dick. There is. And uh, full backle. Is that a word? Backle. Dick. I that was not his dick. Saggy balls more than anything. I, you know what? No, no, we got to keep that term now. Backle is perfect. Backle dick. Backle dick. Any pubic hair. Like I think that guy was clean shaven. But what oh, a he what got a, trimmed up right before he. What had. a like funny thing from a female perspective to just put full male nudity yeah. in this movie for just, no reason. That's in my notes. I think just like and gratuitous full frontal nudity. We need yeah. more of that. Yeah, honestly. it got an audible whoa out of me because it's in the first like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's because it's also the first moment in the film that I think you really start to to understand the tonal balance between the violence and the comedy. Yeah, because yeah. they'd been in separate scenes until yeah. that point, and now it's like there's but, a butt naked assassin. But we've already down. seen him clothed like two minutes ago. Like but what he was in he the shower. Oh, he went to yeah. go shower. And he was I missed not that line. Wet, by the way, I mean, look, they well, do this with women off. in movies all the time where they're fully clothed and then randomly naked so I'm not mad that it happened here fair enough like that one, uh, but I'll go to the things that yes. I was going to say I guess yes. uh, the two things that stood up for me for reasons that people might not like this movie uh, is I'll reference Spy because uh, when I watched Spy I did enjoy it a lot more than I was expecting because Melissa McCarthy is a hit or miss for me yeah me too uh, but she was that's that whole female like oh no, is she going to be able to do it? And then suddenly she's the best in the world at it, which is spy. And I liked that they didn't do that in this movie. 
And yeah. I can see how a lot of other people might not because Myla Kunis and her are just kind of, they're doing good, but a lot of their really great moments are mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like the, oh during God, the, the action with sequence the with the motorcycle, yeah. uh, the stick shift, where, where they she just, I think she did slam on the <laughs> gas to actually get him to go fall, but yeah. most of it was by accident. And somehow it all just kept working out in their favor. I mean, they didn't plan on that bus hitting him. No, they did not plan on that. Uh, Deus spoiler ex bus. alert. Or I guess bus ex machina. Yeah. But there's no moment where any of them are secretly like fantastic at anything. Like she's, yeah, she shoots her, a gun. Except for her aim because the video Yeah, games, she suddenly but, has very yeah. good aim. Uh, a great setup and payoff, by the way. Morgan, yeah. Yeah. Morgan references that she had previously already had Cirque's uh, training. Mm-hmm. So she... The <laughs> whole a great thing setup and payoff. <laughs> <laughs> like, and she, but she isn't actually good at it. Like, yeah. she's just kind of flopping around in the air until she does her dismount, and then that was fantastic. <laughs> that was perfect. It's the uh, first thing she learned at yeah, Cirque Camp. Yeah, to learn how to, to land that uh, I got to say, that fight sequence is actually pretty good. It was amazing. It was, it was, it dude, was decent. <laughs> when she popped the, the Russian or Ukrainian, whatever she was, girl, and she popped up, and she was suddenly a combination of Seven and Nine and Lacutus, <laughs> I was like, oh. Nerd, nerdgasm right there. Yeah. Anyone who likes Star Trek and didn't just watch the movies. <laughs> uh, oh, so there, the action sequences in this were so well directed, yeah. good, uh, and clever. Very clever. Yeah. I think it was the same, um, the same stunt team from Atomic Blonde. I think I remember hearing that someone say in an interview, "That movie did not pull me in." Atomic Blonde. Yeah. I, no, I mean Atomic Blonde has no heart. That's um, probably why. Like I felt like. I felt like, wow, they really want to do John Wick, but there's like no reason. Yeah, for but care. no dead dogs. <laughs> yeah, John Wick had heart. That was yeah. the thing. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, watching Atomic Blonde going, like, this is totally catered to me 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, check out these hot women. They're naked and they're making out. But I can yeah. see how, like, they're Ooh. very good at uh, doing action sequences. Yeah, but it's, so it's the same stunt team. Um, well, they I'm also, the certain. same stunt team was on John Wick as Atomic Blonde. Was so, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. That yeah, makes so sense. that's, it's just going down They the should line. just keep working. Yeah, they're good. Or just hire the guy from the raid, which is what I will always say. Yeah. But those um, guys don't do comedy action very well. No. Well, and that's super violent action. That just, yeah. it strikes me as something that, like, it, they make it look easy on the movie. And to me, it just seems very difficult because. I was laughing so much at the action. I don't laugh at action. Generally. Yeah, I laugh for the wrong reasons at action. Like and this so is, many this is... like so many super nerdy callbacks to like other spy movies. Like yeah. the fact that Sam Hewn um, kills someone in the fondue pot. Like it's a direct <laughs> callback to a Bond movie where Bond drowns somebody in a sink. You know, like just so many little moments like that. That like. You don't need to get them, but if you do get them, you're like, oh, just. I really oh. wanted someone to yell, "Fawn, no!" <laughs> but no, the puns don't no, happen. Fawn, don't. Fawn, don't. Fawn, don't. Fawn, don't. Sorry. I actually prefer yours. Fawn, no. Uh, the other thing that I think uh, turned some people off from this movie is they suffered from Titanic. Let's get back in the boats uh, scenario. Uh, like they were explain. forcing themselves just, into this so situation. Like, we kept thinking that we're like, oh, this feels like the end of the movie. Oh, but yeah, there's like 45 more minutes. It's really long. Uh, yeah. Okay, no, that this was feels one like of the my end complaints. of the movie. And now there's another thing. I'm like, so it's just kind of like, I, I ended up loving each thing we got into. Yeah. But there were like the weird lulls. It was about half really hour too long. thought that it was getting wrapped up and then it wasn't. So a lot of, there's a lot of people these days that get frustrated by that. Well, yeah. And a lot of people are frustrated just by the idea of a two hour comedy. Like yeah. just... And I, I'm willing to give the rope for an action comedy because action scenes just take longer, especially as like we've gotten farther away from like the 70s and 80s. Like we want our action sequences to go on for a while. Yeah. Like it's like back in the day, it's like 
under five minutes for an action scene, we're good to go. Now, if it's not 10 minutes, it's like, well, we didn't get our money's worth. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that car chase in this one too. Holy cow. It, it went on like, for a while, but it was good the whole way. It was, but it was one of those ones where, you know, cause I do this for a living. I kept thinking about the logistics yeah. <laughs> and I kept thinking about that poor stunt man who had to hang on to yeah. the ski rack for probably two days. Like, oh. if not a week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have a totally different, by the way, why I think this failed oh, go criticism. I think the title. Yeah. I think the spy who dumped me is actually the least it's, it doesn't tie into the actual plot at all because they nope. lit- he literally could have not dumped her and they could have made the same exact movie. It could have just been that he shows up and is like, you need to take this trophy and then dies. And then they go on this adventure and it, and she's fulfilling his last wish or whatever, which is what, ends up happening but i don't think that him dumping her actually plays into a lot of the movie at all well then, that and then it's it not... wouldn't have been a play on a bond title i guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're gonna play in the bond title then play on that movie a little bit yeah they really, yeah. They really didn't, didn't play on bond I, much i, I they, totally they agree have, they do have bond like shot callbacks but they don't yeah. really like do any like plot call i guess i honestly because i knew so little about the movie really the only thing i knew about the movie was the cast and that emily liked it yeah. Uh, and that was about all I knew. And it's like, so I'm such a James Bond fanatic. Mm. And I saw Spy Who Dumped Me. So clearly there's going to be a lot of callbacks to Spy Who Loved Me. And there's yeah, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why bo- the title bothered yeah, me. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, think you're fair. wrong. Like, yeah. that's, oh, that's, that's why I wouldn't have rented it. Yeah. Like, I look at a title like that and I'm like, uh, okay. It's, yes. it's a, a comedy, See, it a, a supposed also, spy comedy. And like, uh, the title, like it just didn't, there wasn't anything. I guess I'm the minority on this because I loved the title and I loved the poster because the entirety of the that poster was so good. The poster was the James Spy Who Bond. Loved Me poster. Like, yeah. yeah. So that worked. But I I, 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 just, I feel like cute titles are risky because yeah. either you like it or you don't. Like mm-hmm. it's never yeah. like the, eh, it doesn't bother me. Like when you go for a cute title, you notice it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I definitely it, noticed right away that it didn't have much relevance to the actual movie. And I, I'm forgiving in that realm because yeah. I like the... Uh, the hoodwinkness of advertising sometimes. Mm-hmm. But also, I know a lot of people don't, which is why, like, when someone tried to sue the studio after seeing Drive and they were really oh, angry, oh, and it's like a lot of people want to get exactly I what they rant thought about yeah. that forever. But I feel like if you're going to a rant like The Grove in the middle of the day and you're looking at the screen and seeing what the titles of the movies are that you could see, it's not, it's, it's like, oh, you, you think you know exactly what's going to happen in that movie, The Spy Who Dumped Me in seeing the title and so you're like why would I need to pay to see that but even based on the title alone you could assume that you're getting like a James Bond spoof movie like scary movie maybe yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you knew nothing about the movie you just saw that title you wouldn't be wrong assuming that yeah. you're seeing one of those yeah mm-hmm. so it's like I agree so just I, as on an advertising perspective which is kind of what we've ended up talking about yeah. criticism wise <laughs> I think that actually kind of was a disservice to the film yeah I mean, it's it's upsetting that marketing has so much control over a lot of movies these days because people are just so high up in their trailer game. They just mm-hmm. love trailers, and if mm-hmm. the trailers don't get them, then they're not seeing the movie. And like this one, it was it's a tough movie to sell. Yeah. It has a, a cutesy title. It's really hardcore action, like violent, hardcore, well really done violent. action, mm-hmm. and really funny. Like, and it's a lot of things that work, but you need to see the movie. And yeah. for yeah. some reason, the genuinely good female empowerment movies don't do as well as the pandering ones. Yeah, can't which imagine is just why that would be. <laughs> it's so, so frustrating. Weird. But that also ties into like a lot of the humor here is from the female perspective. I would say. Yeah. Having yeah. seen enough of the male comedies to not like them very much, <laughs> it's like I cued into a lot of that. The 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 interesting tonal shifts and the way they handle it, the things that they, they choose to do, it's just not how a, a man would have done that. And it feels like it just it kind of. It's, but it's I don't know if it's a type of thing where we would acknowledge that that was why we wouldn't necessarily be interested in seeing it if that yeah. was what we were biasing against it. 
but there's I a mean, certain thing you can like when you're watching this. It's like this just isn't. This doesn't feel the way other male comedies feel. But like I don't know. It's, I, I feel like there's a subtle twist there. In well, that. I do think there's the bias too that I think a lot of people just didn't see this movie because it was a female buddy action comedy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the same as like you know I would vote for a woman, just not that particular woman. Like it's that same kind of yeah. bias. I don't you know, hate women. Like, I just want don't want them to talk. Yeah. <laughs> like I would totally see a buddy action comedy with women, just not these two. Well, here's the the thing that's the most upsetting for me about both this movie and how it was received is that. I didn't get to see a lot of movies this year. We had a kit. That's just kind of the way it goes. So mm-hmm. I, I will see 52 movies this year because we have 52 episodes. And that's that's my guarantee. <laughs> Beyond that, I might see a few more, but I don't know. Um, but when I out of everything I've seen this year so far, and we're pretty late in the year at this point, I would say this is my favorite action comedy of the year. Like it was, it was well made. The action mm-hmm. was great. The acting was great. The story was engaging. Everything worked. And it's just, yeah. it's frustrating. Like when you have something like this that just works in all accounts and then you have what you very accurately said. It's like a lot of people are like, well, it's a female action comedy. I'm not into yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I, and it's also the thing that's frustrating is um, like, this is going to be forever. My issue with what happened after inception came out is that we finally got a movie through the studio system. That is a little bit different. That is a little bit, um, you know, daring, a little bit unpredictable. I mean, not the story points certainly, but just like yeah. the, t- and that's not even a criticism. It's sure. like you, you get exactly what it's you're a, expecting. You're not normally a part of our show and you're still taking digs at Christopher Nolan. And I find that very, yeah, we, we, we do, do that, that a lot. <laughs> Which makes me feel bad because I always love his movies. I love Christopher Nolan so much, but he's so easy to take digs at. Yeah, but what I meant with the Inception thing is like Christopher Nolan played the game, right? Like he made he made predictable studio films. He got enough gravitas. He made Inception, which was a really cool kind of out there movie, and then it made a crap ton of money. And the studios went, "Well, it must have been a fluke." No, no, no. So like we made a thing that was different and see, that's not bad. And it just, it drives me crazy. And that's what happened. I feel a little bit with this. It's like, it's a movie that's different and it's great. And, but, oh, it's scary and weird and different. Oh, it's, no. it's. It makes me crazy. Just, but it, even with it being women though, I think it's just kind of this particular style of action comedy in a way. Because mm-hmm. I also love. Uh, I'll reference two male-led movies because I don't have many female of this. Because <laughs> that's uh, all there are, yeah. really. Uh, the Other Guys mm-hmm. and uh, The New Guys. A lot of guys in these things. <laughs> Speaking yep. of titles of movies. Is it The Good Guy? I for- What's The New Guys? I'm forgetting the name of it. As soon as you said it, I'm like, that's the wrong title, but yeah. I can't remember the right one is now. The God, Russell Crowe and... Russell- uh, oh, Ryan Nice Guys. Nice, nice Guys. guys. <laughs> Sorry. So... <laughs> The other guys and nice guys. <laughs> Woof, you guys. Woof. Yeah. New titles. I'm still coming off having a baby, from what I understand. My brain is not supposed to get better. Oh, for I meant a year. the title writer. Wait, did so. you guys have a baby this year? Yeah. Uh, yes. And we also yeah. saw Ocean's Eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of those things is amazing. They're the two most important things in our lives. <laughs> but those two movies, I also saw. I I actually got to see those in theaters. I would have seen this one in the theater, but, you know. Baby. Baby. <laughs> and we had a baby for some nice. reason, <laughs> though neither of those performed as well as people wanted them to. Yeah. Yet I adore them. And they're also very much comedy action mm-hmm. meshed well together. 
and just two opposing people that had never really been casted with each other before, but somehow had insane chemistry. Yeah. So to me, I'd put these three in a in the same wheelhouse where I'd watch them back to back, and I love it. Yeah. I just and it's just weird to me that they do keep making these movie every few years, and they just underperform. Well, I also I think underperform is also kind of a tough um, metric because part of the problem with movie metrics these days is you've got like Marvel films. And no. everybody else. Yeah. And we're in this weird place where we're assuming that if the movie doesn't make five times of its budget yeah. in the first four days, that it's some kind of failure. Trust me, like, I hate that, especially with Sony. Yeah, and and like, like it's such a disappointment. This movie like, made its made its money back and more, you and know? more, and more, and that's just domestically. So that's that's a success. Like but that's yeah, like, more opportunities for Susan. We Fogel. stopped doing yeah. the yeah. the middle movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think well, the last Netflix m- is doing them now, which I love, yeah. and yeah. I'm glad. Not all of them the middle done movie well, works but, really know, well with horror trying. still. <laughs> yeah, it's it's paralleling our actual society right now with that there is no middle class anymore. <laughs> it's also just the true. elites and the poor. Oh, man, now I'm depressed. <laughs> now if you want to be a moderate, you're called a centrist. Oh, right? Yeah. That's what I've been centrist. hearing. Yeah. So this is a centrist uh, film? Yeah. yeah. It is, but I mean this, you know, it's like With full saying, frontal nudity? Yeah. <laughs> R-rated centrist film. Uh, maybe, what was the word we just came up with now for it? It's Backle. Like, Backle. Ba- it'll back, it's backlist. But it's like I was saying It's earlier, fun, no. Like, <laughs> I will defend a rom-com to the death and rom-coms are in that same area yeah. like they're they're you know middle budget easy to shoot movies and we need more of them that but might be I would getting say a resurgence a... because of crazy rich Asians doing yeah. so well but and I... because of Netflix Netflix yeah. is, is backfilling a lot of that gap but I would also say there's a built-in audience for rom-coms like there is just people out there where the mm-hmm. only movies they will watch are rom-coms they mm-hmm. love them they make them feel better yep. they can get in they know exactly what they're going to see they're going to enjoy it I don't think there's a built-in audience for this brand of action comedy. Which is weird because like you would think if a straight couple were trying to choose a movie, the woman this would, be, would be like, yeah, the right? woman would be like, oh, I want to see this movie with a bunch of female leads. And the man would be like, okay, well, at least it's an action movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Or he'd be like, well, I heard there's full frontal nudity. So I guess that's <laughs> <I mean. laughs> Surprise. <laughs> a face full- wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I got a face full of backle. <laughs> I just want to say real quick, this is just making me think of the one movie that Brian had me watch and kept going, it's funny. And I was just like, why is she naked with oh, uh, My Bloody Valentine? Oh, I totally agree on that. You're yeah. you're 100% right. Why was she naked? Because her boobs were in 3D. That's, she, and she's naked that's for the reason. 10 minutes, it feels like. I feel like but I it was a 3D horror a movie, and that's the only reason she was uh, naked. We need a 3D movie with just some penis. We I really mean, do. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there's so few things you can defend about Jupiter Ascending, but gratuitously shirtless Channing Tatum is one of them. He he's is also the only a dog. One, <laughs> he's the only one in the movie who takes off his shirt for really no reason reason and then doesn't wear it for like 20 minutes so, i'm tired of this shirt <laughs> i mean ostensibly it's to heal a wound or whatever but like it heals all sure. wounds <laughs> i need to heal my wound let me take my shirt off everyone's better now that movie just makes me angry because it's been so good and it so wasn't i want to see the ballet but there, sure. i'm sorry there's a ballet yeah, yeah. there's a ballet. Oh, yeah. i recently read about this it's in seattle uh, it's starting soon. It's based off that dude's uh, score, like his music. It's uh, called Field Trip. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, what haven't we hit in this movie? I know we've we've been more talking about the experience of the movie, which is fine. But is there anything <laughs> in the movie that we have not hit that we wanted to? The only person that we haven't talked about, in my opinion, is the gymnast assassin. Oh, She's God. intense. <laughs> She's awesome. 
she's like she's a level of intense that almost seems inappropriate for this film but she she commands that screen those <laughs> eyes the thing, eyes the thing with her was like it's like oh i like she's you know the femme fatale she's just gonna mm-hmm. fuck people up i'm into this like whatever and then she won me over as a character when they're like who's your best friend and she the looks at the balance beam she did have my favorite little I, like for, for me I'm like so she's like a cross between 90s fashion and La Femme Nikita yeah, yeah. she's like what it's very confusing the, the old spy movies of women where they're just so serious and then we, this one where it's not yeah it's like she's very serious but wearing an ice cream dress yeah, yeah. But, but she did have my favorite little moment which is you know she's like who am I looking for and like a pair of rude Americans and then there's like four below her <laughs> that are all like a blonde and a brunette doing something stupid <laughs> she's just like I can't I give up I can't <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of digs at Americans in this movie and yeah. rightfully so right have you met so. us when the dude comes into the hostel and they all start pointing guns at him he's just Ugh, Americans <laughs> <laughs> He was going to rob us. Yes. Oh my god! That, when he murders that guy. Oh my god! So does he just, murder him? Just casually murders him. And it's like whoa! And, and talk about shoot first, ask questions right. later. He just walks and spikes his head on the ground. It's like he was robbing us, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Totally. It's a hundred percent what was happening. And yep. well, that's what's so kind of great. Like you knew he was going to come into the into the. Day. He was going to save the day. It right. was just a matter of time because he's not like. They set it up. There were but so many set pieces ex machina and I'm just not yeah. even mad about it. Because <laughs> it did so well. But you expected him to save the day as in be a distraction and let the spy save the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Save the day is what he's going to pick up Pick him up, turn him upside down, and then spike his head on the ground. Like it's yeah. <laughs> he's a pro wrestler in whatever country he's from. <laughs> so good. And it's right after they gave him like the grossest poop joke in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they take him down so many notches, and then he's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> that that's great um, i feel like we also have not given enough due time to jillian anderson we haven't given oh. any time to jillian oh anderson. oh i got another dig at oceans eight guys oh boy is it jillian anderson no no jillian, jillian anderson jillian anderson she did not sacrifice any of her femininity yeah. <laughs> and she also did not sacrifice herself at all like there was no skin smoother in her face yeah you saw her face yeah and she was beautiful yeah and i don't care how old how many wrinkles she has she's beautiful and i'm just like sandra bullock can you please stop wearing a filter (laughs) just walking around with just a filter on your face your face just looks like you just have a fuzz thing over it, like some muslin or something. And your face is out, out of focus. Yeah, your face is out of focus. <laughs> a lot of Vaseline just, on that lens. Just own yourself, for goodness sake. I, like uh, Jillian. I did a short with Justine Bateman a couple of years ago for Funny or Die. And she, um, if you follow her on Twitter, like she's very upfront about the fact that she loves that she is aging and that her face is character now. And she literally just like walked in to the, the hair and makeup room and it was like a little bit of lip gloss, a little bit of mascara. And the makeup artist was like, all right. <laughs> like, yes. it was great. You know? Own yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't feel bad about aging. Don't feel bad about who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the message of this movie at the end of it, really. Kind of. No. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I yeah, in, in the way that they don't, there's no one with scoot and smoother on their face in this entire film, and I see that so often. Maybe Hassan Minaj. <laughs> there's a possibility. I mean, he, his, his skin was pretty. He's a very big ego, I guess, in this yeah. movie. So and those, that backle, that backle was smooth. Yeah, was definitely smoother on that. Oh man, <laughs> we're making it work. Hashtag backle. <laughs> We're bringing it back. <laughs> it's been really nice being with you guys, but I think I yeah. 
Baggle to the future. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I'd watch that movie. The Empire Strikes Backle. <laughs> and I love. And we've launched Ow. a whole porn series yes. suddenly. Backle Street. Jillian. <laughs> she is the straightest person. She wouldn't be laughing at any of these jokes. <laughs> She'd just be sitting there waiting for us to be over, and then she dismisses. <laughs> she does have my favorite line in the entire movie, which is, I'm not frozen. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. I might use that on our child someday. <laughs> uh, the, the thing with her though is that they they let her be funny while not ever being a comedian. Yeah. Like yeah. she's just funny by being that deadpan. Yeah. And it's like by being that committed. Yeah, and it's not something that a lot of actors can pull up. Men, women, whatever. Like that's mm-hmm. a tough comedic role to pull off. And she mm-hmm. does it so mm-hmm. well. Like I love Jillian. And I mean, I've loved her since X Files. So yeah. like. Who doesn't love Jillian? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's just like... And she's in Hannibal, and it's amazing. I never watched Hannibal. Yeah. I know. Both you and Someday. Sam have told me to watch Hannibal. Someday. I'll get to it. We bone her hard for Hannibal, <laughs> right? I'm never going to get through my watch list. Hannibal's on it, but It's, it's on I there somewhere. <laughs> I literally have an app on my phone to keep track of all the things I'm never going to watch. But yeah, I, I thought I thought she was great, and everything that she did was made better by how much Kate McKinnon loved her. Oh. I mean, the one time that she almost broke was when Kate McKinnon Morgan is just like, "All right, I'll be there Monday." And she just starts going, "No, <laughs> no, don't, 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 don't Morgan, don't come in." Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: you can she see got her a job. Yeah. Like, do you she's think that dead, she still yeah. has to see her? Yeah. <laughs> I was yes. like, I will let her work here as long as she's as never as in the I same room. Never has to see her. She did it. And be like, she'll she will never leave me alone. One of my like possible quotes I wrote down that is something Kate McKinnon says to her, which is, I have so much respect for you that is circled around into objectification. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's on my Actually, list, too. Yeah, that, I well, texted that quote to Brian. Yeah. I feel like we're it. getting there organically. We so let's just start with quotes. Great. Favorite quotes. Well, that was it. I mean, I feel like I already said mine. I'm not frozen. Right. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> All right. I'll go with my second favorite, where uh, during the very like actual spy, like serious spy sequence when they're in the, I don't know, circus something, whatever. I don't even oh, know the what final kind of party set they piece, were in. Yeah. Um, and what's his face says, oh, we've been, bl- I've been blown. And then Kate McKinnon goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> In oh, that moment, who has blown you? Who has blown you? <laughs> this isn't funny. So many good one Because I can tell you, I've been that person. I've no. been that exact person at work so many times. All of our listeners are surprised now. <laughs> this is their surprise yes, face. Yes, I know. Uh, remind me to tell you a story off the air that I cannot share with your listeners. <laughs> Uh, my quote uh, is technically not in this movie, but they say it in this movie, and that's all that matters. And mine comes from Kate McKinnon decides to bring home. <laughs> what? You'll get it. It'll, it'll make sense. Um, Kate McKinnon brings home the assassin, not knowing that he's the assassin. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've been teaching him about women. And say the thing I told you there's no limit to what we women can achieve, Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That is in the movie, but not of the movie. Thank you. <laughs> they didn't write it, but it's still in the movie. It's just, just that trained puppy like, oh, yeah, women are great. Uh-huh. Right, I'm going back to breakfast. <laughs> uh, my favorite is when they're at the cafe and Kate McKinnon's trying to get a hold of <laughs> Miley Kinnis' character. She's like, she's like trying to sh- like shake her arms and, like, and then she's just like, that's oh. not burn! <laughs> and everything starts from there. And I just... I just 
Her like, bad pantomime is really great too. Yeah. <laughs> in that moment, we oh, are in John Wick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that whole that cafe, by the way, is the exact same cafe from Red Sparrow. They didn't even redress it. They were about Aww. to tear the set down, and Susan Fogel's like, "Hey, can we use that? Can, can we have the set, but without the rape? <laughs> yeah, well, can yes. we let, can we leave the rape out?" <laughs> and they did. Can we clean the set before we just get the? <laughs> oh, stink let's off get of the it. Red Sparrow out of here. <laughs> God, I hate that movie. Yeah, no, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, one of the things that I really loved about the film, as far as actually paying homage to other spy films, is it does something that I really love, which is the it's the little things about moving the plot along that uh, regular spy movies skip over, which is how do we get money? Uh, how do we drive a stick? How do we get, how are we doing, yeah. actually doing things? And so when they run out of the apartment and they get in the car and they're like, oh my God, we have to go to Vienna. What do we do? Kate McKinnon opens the glove box and goes, oh, our passports are still in here from our trip to Tijuana, which is like the most clever way because how else would they get to yeah. Europe? But they're pa- they, they make it a plot point to actually explain a thing about how to get somewhere. Yeah. And I just love those little moments so even though it's like the not the most memorable quote, it's something that I like will remember from the movie as like they actually like acknowledge, okay, how would we logistically get these women to Europe? Yeah. <laughs> Although that did also lead to a thing that annoyed the hell out of me, which is the whole thing about them stealing the passports from the Australian people. You yeah. don't need passports to cross that border yeah. because it's all part of the EU and that time I was like really that's but the first one worked but, yeah. Yeah. The first one worked. Totally worked. but then we got to see a, hear a bunch two Australians say bum bag a lot that's <laughs> true so it was totally worth it well that's all we need in life I guess <laughs> Also, how much Kate McKinnon's mother loved Patrick Patrick Dempsey. Was so <laughs> you know who's were... handsome? Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> she had my second favorite quote, where like Morgan has just called them to say that like they've murdered someone in there in Prague, and she's like, "I don't like Eastern Europe." Gothic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize until this movie that I was a fan of characters getting off topic yeah. in terms of like that way, yeah. and the way that they do it in this movie is my jam. And Only I, if yeah. it's Jane Curtin and Paul Reiser. Yeah. <laughs> It's Those just, parents have their priorities straight. <laughs> also, the reveal that Morgan's name is Morgan Freeman is yeah. really great. <laughs> I can get a reservation anywhere. <laughs> I just, and I did. I have and to it's say, just a surprise. I yeah. loved Sam Hewn in particular interacting with Kate McKinnon's character because he's got a couple of moments. Like, there's, there's, um, he's just had a couple of moments like that where he's just like, he doesn't really know what to do with her. And he's just like, Oh yeah, no, I just put that together. Like I just and there's just something about him that's so big. I think because he is so sort of like generically yeah. European and whatever, to just watch him try and like parse the insanity in front of him is just hilarious. To use a Noel Fielding line, what is you? <laughs> <laughs> just, what is happening? Although he does it to Mila Kunis's character too in the beginning, yeah. like when they're walking out and he's like, Well, people are sometimes Australian. <laughs> 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 he just has a lot of those really sort of like quiet one-liners that yeah. just made me laugh out loud. Review system for this week, spy movies. Spy, Any spy, and all spy, spy, spy movies. Yeah, all right, like, I'm going to, to tie this in in a weird way. Uh, for how hyper-masculine and bulldozery and fantasy born, al- born is, born mm-hmm. identity, uh, this movie is better. In <laughs> for for women, like okay. how however much men be like, this is my vision of me. If this I was in this situation, and I'm going to murder and I not care and just destroy Europe. These women <laughs> care. They care about each other. They're not trying to hurt anyone, and they do a great job. 
They hurt so many people, though. <laughs> not so that, not that many. Not like they didn't destroy half. Poor Europe. Uber driver got five stars, though. I mean, he was excited for it. He was just like, "Yes!" <laughs> I mean, also, he's done a Uber lot of driver is a part-time yeah. DJ. part-time DJ. That is <laughs> for also how true. Down and dreary, and how much everyone loved Born because of all that. I loved this movie for not being down and dreary, but happy, exciting, and fun. Okay, that works. I, I like that one. Because I was not impressed with Born once I finally actually saw it. <laughs> glad we own all three of them <laughs> well you can watch them yeah. <laughs> they're great for dudes they're okay for dudes they didn't age very well <laughs> no they really didn't uh-uh. age well um so for me i i was i haven't seen it in a while so i'm hoping i'm not wrong but i remember thinking this character was pretty awesome and i'm going with austin powers the spy who shagged me um not Old just choice. because of the title uh <laughs> but i'm doing it more so because of heather graham's character and i thought Especially given how uh, character of uh, I'm forgetting her name now from the Felicity. first one. Elizabeth Hurley. No. Elizabeth Hurley oh, from the first no. one. Yeah, like where she was Felicity supposed to Felicity Shagwell. Yeah. <laughs> where Felicity was like uh, She was supposed Elizabeth to be the Hurley. greatest spy. Yeah, she was supposed to be the world's greatest spy, but then everything was second to Austin Powers. And I feel like Heather Graham was supposed to be the greatest American spy, and she actually was pretty competent at her job. She just kind of fucks off and goes and bees a spy, and she just kind of like, well, I don't need Austin Powers. I can do this on my own. <laughs> and I thought I kind of got the same sort of feeling from this one, where like these two girls were like, yeah, it's great that the spy is here, but you know, we were doing fine on our own. Like, and mm-hmm. well, Kate McKinnon would have said that. Miley Cyrus probably would have disagreed, but that mentality was still there of like, I don't need him. I got this shit, and I, I like that from both movies. Yeah. And the title was just an easy one. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. All right, I got one. Uh, Burn After Reading. In terms oh, of okay. its, uh, oh. the way it handled the quirkiness of its characters and just hitting some of those comedic beats that, again, like I didn't know I liked. And just, there's kind of a, a sense that in these types of movies, the characters are a certain way and very wacky. And, and I kind of like that dark wackiness. It also had a bit of uh, no characters are totally safe. Right, they right. They both kind of had yeah. that. That's true. There were, and there were yeah, a lot of moments in that movie where I was like, whoa, wait, they did that? And oh, you just shot that guy in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting to lose the Uber driver. I, I was, was not either. Yeah. In him, and then I was like, oh, I was and like, you're not going to children okay. a man him, are you? Oh, they did. Oh. There he goes. Oh, there, he, there he went. Oh, <laughs> oh there he went. Uh, I just recently rewatched the entire Mission Impossible series from start to finish with a friend who'd never seen them. Ooh. And uh, I've always remembered that this is like one of, if you go back and just like look at the movie is uh, Mission Impossible 3, which is the J.J. Abrams one. I think a lot of people forget about, but it is a very well written, if we're talking about like setup and payoff, MacGuffins, a lot of great action sequences and a, a heart to it. Like it's the only one with heart because that's the one with his wife. Um, I think that he, there it's a really great movie, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is a really great bad guy in it. Um, and it's a really like, like Felicity quirky. was a spy in that one, She's and great. Felicity is a spy in that one. Thank you, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it introduces Simon Pegg, who brings comedy to it, and it, it's just like a really well done, entertaining from start to finish spy movie that feels very complete and like is really different from one and two, uh, which like one, one is like the Brian De Palma, like dark, yeah. uh, qu- really quirky, but really dark and weird one. And two is just the John Woo crazy action one. And I feel like Abrams really launched the franchise with three with like finding the tone uh, letting Tom Cruise shine, but like also bringing in these like secondary characters that are really interesting and having just like a really solid plot. Um, but that's my favorite, like fun spy movie. 
Um, I was going to do Spy Who Shagged Me, so... Sorry. <laughs> um, that's okay. Um, I'm actually going to compare it to Atomic Blonde in the sort of, like, compare-contrast. We talked about it a little bit earlier where Atomic Blonde has that same sort of, like, it's really violent. Um, there is a sort of an odd MacGuffin in Atomic Blonde that never... <laughs> you never really understand what's going on there. Um, but whereas Atomic Blonde is very um, dark and sharp and it's sort of hopeless and unrelenting. Unpleasant. Um, yeah, kind of. Like, it's just it's a hard thing to it's watch. Like just pessimistic watch yeah had a very pleasant uh soundtrack yeah it did it and a really good die job and i didn't dislike atomic blonde it was just a hard thing to watch whereas generally if i'm going into a spy movie of some sort like i want there to be some fun in there somewhere some you know like crazy stunt or something it was it was just you have to have levity in those kinds of things because they're so outside the realm of normal everyday life yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly whereas this you know spy who dumped me is full of heart and and levity and it's you know it's a little bit sort of like atomic blonde meets keystone cops kind of thing where it's got this like this really physical element of comedy and like even some of the deaths are like oh that guy died by fondue like (laughs) it's just um so i think you know it's it's an interesting point of comparison where this one was so much fun but still very violent and still sort of like cutting a bloody swath through europe (laughs) and still lots of like you know double turns and twists and who's on what side and so I can I can I can safely say I enjoy the movie more after the conversation yeah. than I did before, and I already really liked it. Oh, I, singing its praises for an hour and a half we really kind of <laughs> helped me think like it a little bit more. There is something that I wish could happen, but I don't think it ever will in a movie like this. Hmm. Where at some point during an action sequence, when they're doing their fun, like "Oh my God, we're achieving this." And, or defeating or whatever it is, it's the funny action sequence in this type of movie, and then have them go by like. Uh, Matt Damon or James Bond because I can't remember his real name right now just one of them Daniel Craig Daniel Craig just them also racing in a chair somewhere them just cutting <laughs> each other off making <laughs> eye contact and then separating and not acknowledging that it even happened oh my god just to just just to hint that at all times Eastern Europe is being blown up by some Americans <laughs> right <laughs> just really need to keep Americans out of Eastern Europe yeah. really James Bond is British yeah whatever but he's still <laughs> always tracing around always. Eastern sure, Europe yeah. Eastern yeah. Europe always is in, like, always being destroyed Prague. by spies. <laughs> Poor Prague. If we could just keep the spies out of Prague for like five years, just let it rebuild. Give them just a- welcome to Prague. No spies. <laughs> Give them a break. All right. We need to bring this episode to a close. Let's do a round of plugs. Uh, for me, as always, listen to Venture Bros. The Venture Brothers podcast uh, comes out every Monday. We just finished season two. We're now into season three, which I love. And it is actually a little bit squishy. Not everybody loves it. So there's a lot to chew on in this Ooh. season. And I, I'm really excited to dive into it and tell everyone why they're wrong and that it's fantastic. Whoa. Uh, I love doing that. that I really time. do. Um, well, it's such a good season. And somebody's like, man, it's not as good. Fine, it's great. Uh, that was a preview of the upcoming of season. the rest of season three. Shut yeah. up, you're fine. It's great. Uh, <laughs> and Backle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there actually is some Backle in season three of Venture Brothers. Sold. Dear. Sweet. Uh, and then, of course, uh, listen to Samwise uh, every Tuesday, correct? Tuesday, yes. Tuesday. Uh, and Sam will answer all of your questions. Using Lord of the Rings in their special editions. Yeah. Are you having any issues in your life? Or you just have questions. Yeah. Like uh, somebody asked how do they deal with their girlfriend using their bunnies as emotional like battery. And it's like, what? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, they're using their bunnies as like emotional weapons. and Like children? 
Like I, it's in a fight? Yes. It was a very vague I question, but it worked. Definitely and Sam had a need great to answer. download that episode. Yes. I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, so did Sam, and I believe that was how she <laughs> You did not give me enough details. I will do what I can. Are <laughs> it they was, it was throwing great. the bunnies at you? <laughs> what is happening? Welcome home. Here's a bunny. <laughs> do you feel bad? You should. Weaponized okay. rabbits. <laughs> that's amazing. Point sharp pointy teeth. <laughs> Uh, that's it for me, though. John, anything to plug? Uh, the website, athpod.com. Articles every week, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, and they're all very good, written by very smart people and fun people. You. And good conversation. Oh. No, no, uh, I'm neither <laughs> of those. John hasn't written in a while, so he can say that. No. Oh, finally <laughs> some truth. Yeah. Yeah. Good advertising. Yes, yes. There are ideas up there. There's just also babies in my life. Yeah. Toddlers. Babies. And, they get yeah. in the way. Yeah. yeah they they everything, man. Jesus. Stop wanting me to feed you. <laughs> I don't care if you shit your pants. I want to make cookies. I'm trying to write a paragraph, damn it. That's why I prefer the babies I can give back at the end of every day. So does Sam. That's what she's doing right now. <laughs> I love this baby. Here you go. I'm an uh, excellent only, godmother. I will plug again my my job. Uh, please what, keep watching Superstore. I love yeah. that show. Yeah. Thank you. I just met, uh, weirdly, one of the writers last weekend who yeah. wrote last season. She's on another show now. Anyway, okay. we kicked out for a minute. I don't get to hang out with the writers. I walk by them a lot. <laughs> uh, but it's still a great show. I think we're doing a great job. And uh, it's a really season fun gets better show. and better. I feel like it's one of those shows, like one of the best shows that like nobody's talking about. It's well, just... more and more people are talking about it. That's, That's the night. Thing. We got a slow burn going, guys. We might actually last as long as The Office. Knock on wood. It's in my head. I, I Wait, you knocked on your forehead. I have questions. <laughs> she just yeah. had a baby. I'm really dense, guys. <laughs> she had a wood plate inserted. Yeah. <laughs> it's the closest thing I got. <laughs> uh, I will, of course, plug the show where I met Chewy, and I am still a co-producer on Drunk History. Oh, my friend Anna's on that show. She's in wardrobe. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I know her. Uh, season six premieres January 15th, Dang. and it is our... Uh, we're doing a little out of the box uh, ex- episode structure exploration this year. Mm. So our f- premiere Fun. episode is all one story about Mary Shelley and how she wrote oh. Frankenstein. Oh, sweet! Uh, and we actually do a little remake of the Frankenstein book, starring and in that uh, Victor Frankenstein and the monster, played by Seth Rogen and Will Ferrell. Oh, that's so <laughs> we got Will Ferrell back. We got Will Ferrell back, <laughs> and nice. uh, Mary Shelley's played by Evan Rachel Wood, and she's amazing Perfect. and wonderful. Sweet. And it's a full half hour. It's really fun, uh, and you will that learn a lot amazing. about history. Yeah. Is it kind of paced like it. your Hamilton episode? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole story it's uh it's an Are You Afraid of the Dark parodies. Okay. Called are you afraid of the drunk? And oh it's told God. around a campfire. And uh... anime. <laughs> this is a win. Like, yeah. I already know it's a win. And uh, we do a couple of these uh, little diff- different formats this year uh, in our 16 episode six season. So it's pretty That's fun. Cool. I'm still That's sad so I wasn't able to be a part yeah. of it this year. I know. You ditched us for America Ferreira. <laughs> and that she baby. She pays a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, That's fair. She, she's keeping our baby alive right now. Yeah. As well as her own baby, which she had like a month before Yeah, us. acceptable. She, uh, no, more like a week. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was yeah, that close. Yeah, it was, it was America, it was me, and then it was America stand-in. We all had our babies within like three weeks of each other. That's fantastic. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing to plug. Everything I'm working on is either in development or hasn't been announced yet. So, yeah. What's your Twitter handle? <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> My Twitter handle is Amandarin. I talk a lot about politics and diversity and inclusion. In wow, Hollywood. me too. So. OMG, plastic menus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's mine. No, no, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with that. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. And bye. bye. Fackle.